0: Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower, and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful, and seen.
1: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Free and Figuring It Out. So, maybe too soon, but I don't think it is. I'm going to mention the C word. I know, I know, because I'm trying to figure it out so much, it's so different this year, and even now, still in lockdown, we don't know really what it could look like, mm. and so it's you can't even plan really and um all the adverts are on telly, people are selling Christmas trees, people are starting to make mince pies. I've had my first one. I mean, it's just happening. I- so much do you i oh, literally I that love you love mince pies <laughs> so okay, much i can see she she's got a lot of love on the screen right now yeah i can see that coming through any particular variety Sherelle. no Let's so actually
0: what i normally <laughs> normally my christmas thing is i do mince pies and mulled wine and i go to m&s and i probably get like seven different variations so i'll get like normal ones and i get deep filled and then i'll get the ones that like might be like in the puff pastry and then I'll get ones like with an iced top <laughs> and then I'll get like little ones and then last year I think I'll try some ones that were like crumble on the top I would go to town with it I literally love them so much okay
1: so if you're a mince pie supplier listening and would like to sponsor the next episode of free and figuring it out reach out we will have you on. <laughs> I never knew this about you I love it um can I just ask quickly cold hot with cream without
0: salt so- I totally will eat them Obviously normally just cold However I do I do enjoy a hot one When I've like When I'm at home And I can Mm, have a hot one mm, I don't mm. normally know If I do have cream though It's a an interesting one Yeah I think I've had it with custard But I don't know if I have had it with cream
1: Oh love a mince pie with cream anyhow um so yeah that's what I'm trying to figure out and I think because of the year we've all had I just feel like everyone's like whatever I'm starting Christmas early and for the first year I'm like yeah you go for it you enjoy yourself like it's not bothering me like it would in other years
0: well it's interesting you say about starting things early because I'm a very strict I'm not allowed to put the Christmas tree up until the is it the 13th so the 12 days before Christmas?
1: Oh my person. God, do you actually do that? Oh
0: yeah. that's I've, I grew up in that type of family. So yeah. Oh. And normally I think I've only ever broken it once when I've lived alone. Cause I think once I had to do my mince pies and mulled wine before that date because of just the way it felt that year and I was like well I can't have mince pies and mudware with no no Christmas tree but I always have a fake tree and I was like this year I was like no you can treat yourself to a real tree given this year so I was like really excited and I was like I'm gonna break the rule I'm gonna put it up on the 1st of December and then because now we're in lockdown the 1st of December I was like oh my god am I gonna be able to get one because is that classed as an essential purchase (laughs) getting a real Christmas tree I haven't figured that
1: out uh, yet I'm not checked It's weird. Well, first of all, just quick on this lockdown. I mean, I don't feel like I'm in lockdown. Uh, The wine shops, majestic wine shops are open. (laughs) I mean, I I know everyone loves a a glass of wine, but is that essential? No. There's ice cream shops in parks open like I, anyway, so I think Christmas tree shops will be open. Right, garden centres are open. That's what someone said um, to me. They said
0: garden centres are open. So, so,
1: and I've I've seen a few things like ones where they do like a virtual shopping thing for you. You know, for the people who have lots of money who like the big ones, they do like virtual shopping on like an, a FaceTime call, so you can choose your tree and then they deliver it and stuff like that. Oh,
0: perfect. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and there's there's actually quite a few mail order real Christmas tree people out there, but again, pricey pricing Um so yeah, I'm hoping the place we got it from last year is is doing it and that we can just go and get a social distancing and, and everything. But that is the first thing when he said it, it's till the second of December, I was like, oh, but the tree goes up on the first. And how do we get a tree? And like this is what was going through my mind when Boris was announcing this. Um so yeah, but that's I think that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm and I'm trying to like just be thankful for the fact that I live in the same country as my family and that um they're safe and well um and that really all I want this year is to just be with them I kind of don't really care what that looks like Mm -hmm. um I think just to be with our families is going to be like a huge thing this year which is something that we take for granted normally so it's just it's just different it just feels different there's no Christmas shopping there's lots of virtual markets on Facebook and things like that everything just is very different so I'm just trying to figure out Christmas for me I suppose and thinking about that
0: yeah I mean I'm sure I'll share my figuring it out in a few weeks because I think I yeah the announcement put me in a bit of a panic. And then I literally was like, do not think about this again until December, Shavel. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, park it away. It is not a November focus. Just leave it away. And instead, um, I've been enjoying my life figuring out cash flow online. So <laughs> this is like the most geeky, this is like shows out how much of a geek I am. So, um, Cashflow is an online game created by Robert Kiyosaki who is the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Cashbroke oh, right, Wanderers. Yeah. So I definitely have spoken about, I think, both books. Um, I think you have, in the previous yeah. In this episode. So he's obviously um, a very particular type of like a financial educator, teacher sort of person. And he has his beliefs. And so he decided that another way of helping people to really, I suppose, understand the concepts is to create this game called cash flow and obviously there is not obviously there is a board game version however i can't play that right now because you know you need some people to play it with so um i am part of a female like finance book club and someone was like oh does anyone else want to play it online so that's what i, was, that? Saturday. I was like <laughs> yes! Yes, come on and actually she'd asked before we'd even got back into lockdown I was excited about it and then it ended up being oh. locked down so I was like perfect so um yeah I spent my Saturday afternoon playing this game and basically when you first start the game you get told who you are so like I was a nurse and I earned like three thousand one hundred dollars um a month and then you have like your actual like you have what's called a financial statement so you'd have like how much you own and like how much money you have coming in and how much your monthly expenses are. And it would tell you your monthly expenses would be like some of it's taxes, some of it's like essentials, but then you'd have things that were like you're paying out every month because you had debts. Like I had a car, I had a higher purchase car. I had a mortgage, I had a retail, I had like a store card and I had a credit card. And then you're going around this board and the point is meant to be, you're meant to be obviously reducing your like expenses if you can. But the main thing is you're meant to be making passive income. So you want to get to the point you're in this middle called the rat race and the point is you have to make and have, invest enough that your passive income matches your monthly expenditure. And then when you do that, you get to escape from the middle of the board and you get to go on the outside. And on the outside, you've chosen a dream. At the beginning, you choose a dream. And so my dream had been, I was going to get a private jet for the year. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Because I, like, I thought right now that'd be quite fun because I was like, if I had a private jet, then I could do what I want, couldn't I? It's not uh, yeah yeah so I thought it wouldn't be my normal choice but I thought right now I felt appropriate so yeah so I played this and it I really and I know I'm such a geek but I did really enjoy it because I think it can be so I suppose hard sometimes when it's your financial situation to be really looking at like how it can change and like trying to apply principles and it can feel just a bit like either impossible or sometimes like some of the concepts that I've spoken about aren't like relatable to where you are in your life right now, and it can feel so like far away. but obviously in a game. It's like you know you could make like your payday was like every two rolls of the dice. you not waiting four weeks for it to happen, for mm. example. You get what I mean? And it was just really interesting in terms of really, I suppose, changing my mindset. And actually, it really made me think. Actually, whilst I've uh, like because of all the work I do in like business books and like my like projects and my businesses. I think about passive income, but it never, ever seemed as important as when I played that game. Like it really made me think, oh yeah, that is a tipping point. And that concept is exactly what, for example, your money or your life will teach you about. Hmm. But in the space of two hours, I got it rather than reading like 250 pages of a book. And I feel like actually the difference is made to me mentally is way more than a book. And as someone who loves a book,
1: that's a big thing to say. I think that sounds really interesting. I kind of want to get in on this with my inner geek. What were the, did they have examples of the passive income? Like, because yes. I think this is where I struggle. Like, I think, yes, I'd love to make passive income. And then I'm like, oh, how? What? Well, there's things. thing. So, some, a lot of the things that you're
0: buying were either, you could buy some sh- stocks, some of it was stocks and shares. And so the ones oh, that were, right, with, with okay. dividends, it could be dividends. So obviously then your dividends would be put in as your passive income. Yeah. Some of it then would be about property because he is definitely a very property focused person. Right, and I think okay. if I'm really honest, I wonder when um, it's been written. Like I imagine when it was created originally, it probably could be slightly updated to have been like, could you have had a book that had royalties or could you have had a, passive income course etc like I think we would think there's more options possibly than what is covered in the on the board game but I think just and also I never escaped so there could have been more cards like I didn't see all the cards whereas I think actually the one thing is if you played in person then you would start to know what all the cards were because you'd be able to talk to people probably a bit more mm. so there might have been more passive income ideas from it but I think in terms of really just like any, I think just like from a really simple perspective of getting people into that frame of mind and really questioning stuff. And like, you know, like I had to rework out the interest rate on all the things that I owned, for example. Like, I was like, oh my God, well, which one do I need to pay off first? Yeah. yeah. Like, do you get what I mean? That, like, like, I don't have debt other than like my student loan and my mortgage. So that's not something I've been having to think about for a long time. And I was like, I can't even remember how to do that equation. Like, do you know what I mean? It was just so many things like that that I just thought, this is like, I would love to play it with some other people and just be like, this isn't about you this isn't about your financial situation so also it takes all that pressure away
1: yeah no i get that and like it's a bit of an escape you're playing a character aren't you and maybe helps you understand other people's situations and and things like that it's interesting i'm always open to looking at different ways to bring in income and and things like that and something that i've always heard lots about and i've i've looked at very Briefly, and then this week I decided to properly look into is dropshipping. Oh, yes. Yeah, you say that. So, so uh, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know how I feel about it. So for, for anyone who's not listening, I've never really fully understood it, but basically, and Sherelle, correct me if I'm wrong, you basically list items on this is one example you can list items on amazon but you don't buy them you list them but you know where you're going to buy them from if someone purchases them off you so there's no um you never own the stock um so say for instance you find a um brush on um like target for twenty dollars and you sell it on uh, amazon for twenty five dollars if someone buys that brush you then go to target and send that brush directly to the customer and then you make like the five dollars profit is that correct yeah yeah so um so it all sounds like oh great there's no upfront cost for me but then i did watch this one video and i've only watched one so this is you know but this guy did it and uh he said like he took a day off and then he had those orders through and then he went to order them and they were all sold out and you can't like cancel from your end otherwise you lose your account um and then ultimately it's actually against the terms and conditions of amazon to drop ship so they've held his money and so i was just like hmm no So I'm always looking for like uh, passive income ways because I do think it's a really strong income channel. So it's interesting to hear. (laughs) Yeah, so my advice
0: is play the game to understand the rules. But (laughs) yeah, make sure we are not financial advisors. So if you decide (laughs) that you want to find a passive income stream, is at your own risk?
1: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, no, it's just interesting because I think so many people here and obviously people can make it a success. But watching this video of this guy who was quite transparent about everything. It seemed, a, it seemed a lot of work actually, mm. like for not much money really, because it's it's kind of no risk, but it's also like you could end up not, never getting that money because yeah. it's against the terms and things like that. So it was just interesting. Anyhow, yeah, so I won't be drop shipping anytime soon. <laughs> um. So yeah, so kind of on that sort of, linked i suppose in sort of banning and and things like that i actually read this article um on bustle um this week so um it's kind of like a millennial woman feminist platform i suppose but the article was called how shadow banning affects people from different communities Mm. now shadow banning is something that me and sherelle know from way back when when you used to like use like like what was it like? Too many hashtags, or you'd send too many messages, or you'd put what? What was the main thing that shadow banned? I, I've completely I think forgot. You,
0: I, I think once for me it was I've maybe used the same hashtags over and over again, and oh, yeah. if you use a really big one, sometimes they get banned yeah. because if they get too much like inappropriate content on them, they can mm. end up getting banned. So I think, for example, boss babe or girl boss went through a phase where it got shadow banned, and that's why I got
1: yeah. And it was quite a big thing within like the female entrepreneur industry that everyone kept getting shadow banned. Yeah. And then you'd be like, can you chat? And for those of you who don't know, it just basically means that your your post will be there on your feed and stuff, but it won't be showing up anywhere. It won't be showing up in the hashtag feeds. It won't, mm. you know, it, it, they kind of like, it goes into the shadow so to speak, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, so I think it's evolved a bit since then. And, um, it's now, really this article is talking about how it's based on the content. Um, okay. So rather than it being like the hashtags or you send too many messages or whatever, it's about the content. Um, and one example, there was a, a recent petition that was signed by more than 21,000 people. The hashtag was, I want to see Naomi. And basically it's um, a black uh, plus size model mm. who, um, was posting semi-nude and when we say semi-nude like everything was covered yeah um but she had a lot of skin on show um and yeah they they basically shadow her. um and then someone um interviewed uh someone who used to work at instagram and they said that they have like this skin um like algorithm flag so if a picture shows 60 percent skin or more then it naturally gets flagged up and shadow banned. But the issue was, say you take two pictures, a plus size um, model black woman and a white skinny woman, and they're both wearing the same bathing suit. Naturally, the plus size model will show more skin Mm. than the skinny white woman. So the skinny white woman won't get banned and the pluses, so, you know, it's kind of, it was really done. And then someone from Instagram said, that's a load of rubbish. Rah, rah, rah. I mean, I think I know who I believe. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it was just interesting to see that. And then it just kind of goes through a couple um, of examples. There's an artist, he um, drew, drew a picture of two men, Embracing each other, they're naked, but you can't see anything apart from a tiny little crease of a bottom, and that was shadow band. It was a it was a drawing, like nothing on show there. Um, there's like a queer model who again isn't actually showing anything. It's his naked body, but with no intimate parts showing. Um, getting shadow band, um, and it kind of goes through. uh, There's a there's a queer collective. Um. Something called Pussy Palace, which is a, a club in London for people of color um, in the queer community, um, that's been shadow banned. Um, a lot of these are people of color. A lot of these are sex workers. Um, you know, a lot of these are plus size people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, yeah, it's a, a conversation that needs to keep going on because it's just coming back to this. Uh, algorithm favor the you know typical white skinny you know cisgender um yeah. who aren't trying to be activists who aren't trying to speak their voice who are just posting avocado and toast and you know shots <laughs> of them in bikinis on a beach
0: yeah i mean i think i remember seeing some people commenting Around the whole, um, I want to see Naomi. I can remember that like mm. actually coming up on my feed and that conversation. And I think it is really difficult in terms of to not feel like you're being like pushed out when you can see, like you said, there wasn't anything like it wasn't explicit. And you can, there was, there was photos where people would show like the equivalent of, of someone like of a white skinny model doing the same pose. And it's like, yeah, that gets through. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? When we really talk about equality and, you know, I think it's interesting actually, if someone turned up to say it's an algorithm because, and to do with like the percentage of skin, because whilst that's wrong, at least part of me is like, that's not huge. A human that's doing it, human. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Whereas that's what sometimes I feel like, you know, it's who's pressing this button to say this is explicit, like I'm reporting it, etc versus if it is a thing around like percentage of the skin, and we say, well, clearly you've got something wrong with your algorithm and it, it is working against plus size people, but at least that's something that could be addressed and isn't actually as like um it isn't as human driven as I think some people feel it is because i think that's the thing yeah. sometimes it feels very personal and yeah. instagram actually probably needs to be a bit more open about what it actually is
1: yeah and i think that this conversation links in quite well with episode 95 we recorded a few weeks ago with nelly where we talked about social media we touched on algorithms didn't we and um i know Cheryl, you asked a question didn't you, about what, what is everyone seeing on their feed? You know, Mm. like we never know what everyone and we know it's algorithms and we know, and something really interesting I've noticed is, and it's really funny because I quickly mentioned this to my partner before I came on and she was like, Oh my God, I've totally noticed that as well. But when I post on Facebook, I get nothing, nothing, no comments, no likes, no anything. It's like, it literally goes into the abyss. And I feel like my card is marked. I feel like I'm in a label of she's a bit of an activist. She like, you know, fights against whatever, like, you know, she wants equality. She wants diversity. She wants with all the stuff she's posting. Let's just like not give her um, any sort of um, feed space or whatever, because I will post just normal things I I posted the other week about free marketing support for people like genuinely hand on heart and I think it came across like that like people struggling at the minute I'm a marketer I want to help people I was like you know I just want to give help nothing absolutely nothing and I know that I need to work on my self-worth but I have enough to know that I'm worthy of some sort of interaction with my post so that's been where I feel like I'm kind of um, like experiencing that because of the type of content that I put up, yeah. um, in terms of what I believe in and what matters to me, and I'm just like oh, whatever Mark, blooming. yeah, Silicon Valley Tower, go <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, um, what have you been reading this week, Cheryl?
0: So I have been reading Shoe Dog by mm. Phil Knight. So, um, Phil Knight is the, um, creator of, is that the right word? Creator of Nike? I don't know. Founder. Yeah, yeah. founder of Nike. Um, and this was a book that people told me to read so many times. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think, you know, I just thought I wanted a bit of a break from nonfiction in terms of books that I need to work through. Like most of the books I read end up giving me an even longer to-do list. (laughs) and i was like actually what i want Mm. is just something that might inspire me but it's still informative and obviously like you know he's a business owner um so i thought it'd be great but what i was really shocked at was actually like how passionate he was about running like i think i've just never even considered why Mm. someone because now it's just like this massive empire like the athletic leisure world but i haven't i never really thought about who was it created it why they created it etc like he's a runner like he was just massively passionate about running and you find out about like like the designs of the first shoes him going over to like find manufacturers um, like some of the like the real journey like the beginning was hard and it's an old company this isn't when it was the internet like this was writing like the stories Mm. where he's like written letters and he's waiting in america like after having like gone overseas to like to get these um factories and he's waiting for people to send their letters back and then he's like waiting at the port for like like ship containers to come in with stock and stuff you're like gosh it's a different world what
1: year did he set it up approximately like what i want to say 18. was it yeah, 80s? late 80s, I would have said, yeah, yeah, I would have said that. No, it's just so, like, in my head, I can, like, think, oh, yeah, that was a totally different time. Yeah, yeah
0: it's such so a different time. And I think, so, I think for, for me, what it did was it really reminded me how lucky we are right now, even though there are massive dangers and there are issues that come with the internet. There was definitely advantages of waiting for a letter. Mm-hmm. And also really just, I suppose, feeling that passion um really made me like love Nike a bit more and really thinking actually sometimes we can end up sort of like the way we talk about Mark look at the way we just talked about him like we can become quite condescending I think to people of these big companies mm. and it actually really made me think oh no actually he was someone that was really passionate about making great trainers like he just wanted to run better and he wanted to help other people to run better and that's actually a really it's- nice thing to remember.
1: It is a really nice thing to remember, but it's also become so, I mean, I love Nike, so I can't, you know, like I, yeah, wear it all the time. Um, So I'm probably being very hypocritical at the minute, but it's also become very opposite. Like I, I know a lot of runners living in the lakes and they would never ever in a million years go to Nike for a running shoe mm. ever, 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 ever. Like, and it, I think this is where, I think it's interesting point you said like about Mark Zuckerberg, like, and I think this is the importance of why we need women in those roles. I wonder what is that tipping point when someone forgets the reason they started something and then the dollar bills just overtake. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause it's such a lovely story and it's a book that is on my list. I need to read it. But I mean, in the book, is there a bit where you can see where it tips and it becomes, like, all about making money rather than...
0: No, but no he do doesn't turn know? around and say, I don't care anymore, I just want to make no, money. No,
1: <laughs> I know, but... I just, and I think it, it's, it's more than that, isn't it? Like they, they still make, but then it's like the sweatshop issues, the how it's yeah. made, the, what those people get paid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it, like I say, I'm a huge hypocrite in this because I, I do wear Nike and um, that's a whole other conversation that I need to have with myself and, and deal with and stuff. But it's um, no, I just think it's a really interesting thing that you brought up there about where it started. Cause I do think we forget. And I mm. think things become so big that we never question like why did that begin because a lot of businesses don't just begin because someone's like I want to be rich like you no. have to really care about what you do don't you
0: and I think the thing is for us as well is the companies that are class like as a brand that we've never known them to be small so we've never seen Nike's mm. journey we've never seen Nike's journey that's never been something so for example I always think of um spanks and sever is it Sarah blake or blakely i remember blakely yeah, blakely yeah you know she, we she's always branded around about like her starting story and how she has then turned it into this empire but i couldn't tell i couldn't before this have told you like how nike started how adidas started yeah. like because actually i think in the book they does have a bit of a conversation about adidas there's a bit where they talk about them mm. um you know and puma i think they like go mention the book as well i wouldn't have known how those, those companies started like how did McDonald's start like how did like you know when you think of these big big companies it's like actually we just know them as the huge conglomerate worldwide empires they are now and we've only known that for our lifetime we've never known them when they were unheard of or small or seen them grown yeah. and I think that's the thing as well just in terms of also like for inspiration like I think sometimes you know obviously both as big businesses we talk spend a lot of time with female entrepreneurs and it can feel as if there's so much is like fixed and it's like, you're never getting out to that level, but it's like, no, like he literally talks about making his first shoe and what it was like at the beginning and like trying to get the first person to like wear like a, a shoe for like, I don't know if it's the Olympics or something like, but you know, this idea of like them trying to get athletes on to be brand ambassadors and stuff. It's like, you know, all these big, big companies did start off with something really small. And I think that's why, it's a good book to read because it's, it's if you're someone like me and you're always reading business books are uh, about you applying to your business, it's like a nice break, but can still be inspiring mm. at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, there's a few things that you've mentioned. One is, um, highly recommend the founder, which is all about McDonald's and the start of mm. McDonald's. Oh my God. So it's a film. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, Michael Keaton in that is phenomenal. Um, too interesting I was talking to someone the other day and he said that you know people call me a 10-year overnight success and I mean that is but that is what an overnight success is it's 10 years of hard graft and I'm at the minute where I'm like oh my god I am so tired of working for free like I'm so tired of doing stuff and not being paid for it but you know that one day it'll just tip and I and I think reading stuff like Shoe Dog helps you like keep mm. holding onto that belief because you have to do all that kind of legwork and it's hard, it's really hard. And then, but you have to believe that one day it will tip and all of a sudden, you, you know, you will have this brand that you've always always dreamed of. Um, So yeah, I think it's moved up on my wish list. Good. Book. Yes, book list, whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, so. that it's quite funny we both we've both done quite like nice like inspirational like things this week I've watched something I don't know how you're going to feel about this it's called Dare to Dream and it's by the secret franchise oh yeah give it to me (laughs) (laughs) and it's got Katie Haynes in it so, like, I went way back to Dawson's Creek, Joey days. Like, she hasn't aged a day. She looks incredible. Um, and basically, it's a like a fictional film. Is that the right word? You know, it's an actual film. It's not a documentary or anything, mm-hmm. or, a, you know, about um, a woman who's struggling, who needs money, and da 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 da. It is just perfect hot chocolate on the sofa film Netflix I think it's an hour and a half an hour and a bit yeah loved it loved it loved it loved it and it just reminds you of you know you can have what you want and I think sometimes especially at the minute I mean I'm an advocate of having what you want but I am struggling at the minute to believe that because sometimes you just think Oh my gosh, when is it coming? You know? You get so and like the gratitude goes out the window and all that, like, mm-hmm. and you just you just like, okay, I'm done now, I'm tired, like either come or just don't bother, like I'm over it. And it's things like that that you need to be like, right, okay, yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going, like keep pushing. Um, so yeah, it's quite nice if you're feeling a bit like I've wanted this for ages. I feel like I've done everything right. It's not here yet. Like, what am I doing wrong? It's just a nice, easy film to pop on if you're feeling a bit like that. Well, maybe I'll add that to my December list because, you know, in December,
0: (laughs) I'm going to give myself uh, some... some, Because, as you mentioned at the beginning, Christmas will be different. The one Mm. thing I think is I'll have more... Because I'm still committed to having my break at Christmas, but I don't imagine I'll be doing as much. I think I'll be doing lots of telly watching over Christmas. So I'll add it to that. Great. And actually, I have watched something this week. Um, I went back, back in well, I was like ten years old, I think, to watch a film called Inception. Oh! So it was directed by Christopher Nolan and stars Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, want a bit of reminiscing days? And that it's basically they. He is someone that can. He gets hired to like plant beliefs into people's like into people's minds, and they get like put. They get, like, hooked up to a machine. They seem to, like, go under into, like, a sedated dream state. Okay. And then sometimes he's paid to, like, um, extract information. So it's sometimes, like, he gets paid, like, by big businesses to basically, like, try and get into other people's brains and while they're sleeping and pull out information. But in this this actual time, he's being paid to plant a belief into someone else's subconscious and it's oh just God, I love it. <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy because it's this whole idea of like how one it just seems weird obviously that you can get in someone's dreams and the, the film because it's in dreamland actually just it's quite interesting to watch because it's not like buildings move and like all the sort of structural things because you're in a dream so it's like from that perspective mm. i jo- enjoyed watching it but really on like an intellectual level when i was just really thinking about wow like yeah, like, if someone could get like, I was like, is this possible? Like can someone sedate you and then get in your dream and like what is going on in our subconscious mind and what is our relationship with our dreams and our subconscious and you know, like I've been spending a lot of time recently on my mind. Like mindset is like the big thing for me at the moment. Um, I'm definitely putting a lot of energy into trying to improve it and learn about it. And so this film just felt like perfectly timed that I just was like, wow. And I'm like, I'm sure it's not possible But then it made me think a bit like about hypnosis, like what happens when you get hypnotized and all this. And I just was like, it's just a crazy idea that you feel could be true. But I don't know if it is. But it just really made me think around like it's brought up so many questions. But at the
1: same time, it was like enjoyable to watch. (laughs) Mm. I need to watch that again. I've not watched it for years. And it's true. There's there's different state. There's like... um... I'm going to get it all wrong now, but like theta state and, you know, beta state. And the, you go into different states of different um, times of the day, don't you, with how you are. And I know I do sub, subcon- subconscious meditation work at the minute that takes me into a certain state that allows me to kind of access my subconscious easier and all that. Don't ask me how it works, don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like binaural beats and there's there's loads of stuff it's worth like looking into. Um, but yeah, I oh know that sounds really... It's a really interesting concept that mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so, what's our life plan for this week then?
0: So it's connected to the okay,
1: because
0: it got me thinking all about beliefs. And so, well, the question is, what's the one belief that you don't possess right now that would change your life if you did possess it? Wow. So imagine I can pay Leo. <laughs> to come into your dream <laughs> and plant a new belief. What belief would you want me to ask him to plant for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I I think mine's probably around self worth because mm. I think I think consciously I'm like I'm worthy, like I deserve this, and I think subconsciously I'm like Mm-mm, no you don't, like you know. You're meant to struggle, you're meant to whatever. And I think there's a battle going on there. So I think I'd need to have maybe a true in every bone of my body and subconscious that I am worthy yeah. element. Yeah. And I that think. and that's the
0: thing. It's that real when you have a belief that you you don't even realize it's a belief, to you mm. it's true. It's fact. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that does truly change your life because every way you show up everything you do how you act everything is powered truly by our beliefs so yeah i think it's just a interesting one obviously i can't get leo to do it but there if you actually could work out what that one belief is there are obviously other techniques people will like will teach you about how you can be trying to put that into yourself without having to get leo to come into your dreams but that idea would be nice nice. (laughs) but i think really trying to think like what is a belief that would if you possessed it, it would change your life.
1: Yeah. Some oh, deep I, love I love it. I I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, good, good. That sounds really good. Well, um, thank you for joining us. I think that's everything for this week. Um, let us know where you're at with Christmas. <laughs> We'd love to know, like, are you um, a kind of mince pie, mulled wine, Christmas tree up on like the 13th of December? Are you is it already done is it there have you already <laughs> gone deep into christmas um or are you going to do it earlier this year because this year's just been rubbish um let us know it's quite it's quite nice to like hear off you guys you can do that uh, through instagram facebook free and figuring it out or through free and figuring it out at gmail.com once again thank you so much for listening um if you love this episode share it with your friends and we will see you next week